Hello, and welcome to Writing the Coast. I'm your host, Megan Cole, and Writing the Coast is the official podcast of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. This is your destination for conversations with the winners and finalists of the annual prizes, as well as discussions with book lovers from across the country. Now, if you're like me, you probably love a good book recommendation. And I get book recommendations from all sorts of people. And as someone who is active on social media, I also find out about a lot of great books online. My guest for this week has recommended a lot of great books through her Bookstagram account. Here she is to introduce herself. Uh, My name is Carly Rigby, and I'm a reader and book lover living in New Westminster, BC. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Carly is Reading, and I occasionally share my thoughts and book reviews on my blog at CarlyRigby.com. Carly and I talk about what a bookstagrammer is and what excites her about books written and published in BC and Yukon. Here's my conversation with Carly Rigby. If you could be the character from any book play, poem, The Matrix, who would you be and why? I came at this question a little differently, not in the sense of who I would be, but who I am reflected in uh, in literary characters. And I've come up with uh, the answer that I am a combination of uh, Bernadette Fox from Where Do You Go, Bernadette, and Miranda Priestly from The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> okay, now you have to explain your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be coming. So, okay, so also, okay, so both are, both were books that were made into movies, and I need to specify that I think I'm more Bernadette in the book and more Miranda in the movie to be clear. I think just uh, with Bernadette, there's kind of that quirky out there sort of inexplicable um, random tendency combined with Miranda's kind of hard ass, all business, serious nature. Like there's a mo- there's the moment in the movie when she says, um, "Please bore someone else with your questions," and like it speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a shirt with that on it yet? <laughs> I don't, but you know what? <laughs> You're onto something. Yes, again. <laughs> I think I think many people would buy that shirt. In fact, <laughs> probably, probably you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so. You are a reader, and I know you read loads and loads. I see pictures of it. But what are you reading mm-hmm. right now? Um, Right now, I've got a couple of books on the go. One of them, I, I landed an advanced copy of Lisa's, Lisa Moore's new book, uh, This Is How We Love. And I just started that on the weekend. Um, and then I'm also doing a reread of Glorious Frazzle Beings by Angelique Lalonde. And I just got a copy of Music from a Strange Planet by Barbara Black. And you're reading all three of those? Well, I I started doing a little practice uh, reading one short story a day at the beginning of the year. 
And so two of those, uh, Music from a Strange Planet and Glorious Frazzled Beings, are, of course, short stories. So I'm reading each of them uh, one story at a time, one story per day. And then I am reading uh, This Is How We Love when I'm not reading the short story. <laughs> gotcha. I was going yeah. to be, like, very impressed because I am, like, a <laughs> one one book at a time lady. I've tried to yeah. do, like, multiple books at the same time. I, I'm very monogamous when it comes to my reading. <laughs> I can't divide my attentions. I don't Good know what for this you. says about me. I find if I, like, if I go to one book, I just forget that the other one exists. And then I, what's, I might as well just read one book. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think, honestly, I think that's like a very admirable trait in a, in a reader. Like I, I wish I could be more devoted to one book. Generally, I try to keep myself to like one fiction, one nonfiction, or the, the whole short story practice is, is throwing a little of something different into my reading practices this year. But I find that, yeah, I kind of have FOMO when it comes to books. Like I, you know, I start reading one and then I'm like, oh, well, I'll just read a little of this one. And I think sometimes it's a cover up for me not really liking the book that I'm reading. Mm. So I'm not, I'm not being completely honest with myself about that. That's interesting because I only recently, I think, have have like loosened up on my because I used to finish a book even if I didn't like it. Like, okay. it was like a, I just have to tough it out and get through. And like, I, and you know, and sometimes I wasn't even really reading it. I would start just like skimming it. And I was like, why do I do this to myself? Especially if it's a book I am reading kind of for pleasure. Like I've chosen to read it, not one I have to read for like work or a review or something. And I'm like, why mm -hmm. do I do this to myself? There's too many books in the world to like, have to torture myself <laughs> for a book I don't like. I know. I, but it's, I, I don't know if it ever gets easy. Like I can give up a book uh, that I'm not interested in, but I still second guess myself. Like what if there's a complete turnaround? What, what if, you know, in the end I like this person or this story? Like it's hard. It's hard. I think that's why I skim because it's like okay let's see where this goes and if 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 it's worth sticking around I will yeah but I mean how many pages will you skim I've skimmed a whole book before like 300 pages 500 pages I mean <laughs> normally I give myself like I read the first 100 pages 50 to okay. 100 pages before I give up depending on the length mm -hmm. of the book like if it's if it's like a 250 page book, I would read like the first 50 pages. Um, okay. And if it's like kind of I'm on the fence, then I'll like give it a few more and then I'll skim, <laughs> skim the rest of the book. <laughs> um, I've done I've done this with like m more recently. I've I, I've told you this, but I have had a, I've been struggling getting into books lately and like mm -hmm. I'm, which is very rare for me. But uh, there's been books this year where I've just, like, the first, like, 85 pages, and I'm like, okay, does this go anywhere? Um, which I think is okay. I'm letting myself be okay with it and trying to find the books I love instead of, like, feeling like I'm wasting time with books I don't love. Yeah. I mean, on the flip side, and, and I'm thinking this as I'm saying it, but, like, 
maybe I should be instilling like, like, or reminding myself that I've never read 85 pages of a book that I wasn't into and then loved the next 200. Like, it's never happened. Yes. So uh, I, I, I need to like write a post-it note and put it uh, beside my bookshelf. <laughs> there's been there's been books I've struggled with for like 85 pages, but it's uh-huh. not that I haven't liked them. Like the book that I always yeah. think of is Eileen by Otessa, Otessa Moshvig, um, okay. which was like, I mean, I forced myself to stick with that book and it, and, mm-hmm. and I was intrigued by it, but it was not an easy book to read. Um, mm-hmm. And boy, when I got to the end, was I glad that I did because I was like, holy <laughs> shit, like it blew my mind. And I have forever I- been like a fan of her work now because of that book. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's, it's good to be challenged, but if you just don't like it, like there's, why? Yeah. 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 I haven't read Eileen yet. I I was a huge fan of my year of rest and relaxation, but I haven't read Eileen yet. But That's you great. you've had a very common experience of that book because you're not the first person to tell me exactly that. <laughs> and I and I can fully say now like it is a great book for that reason. Right. I think because yeah. you go through it being like what is this and like it's just kind mm-hmm. of this slog and these deeply unlikable characters but but still you must like them enough to stick with them for that many pages but yeah at the end it just like she your mind is blown and it's great have you always been a reader and you know what were the books that kind of made the biggest first impression on you um I have always been a reader I my mom will tell the story of me being in a crib still, however young that is, and not being a sleeper at all, which hasn't really changed either. And just like to, to maintain some level of sanity, they would like give me a stack of books in, in my crib and try to get some sleep when I wasn't sleeping. So yeah, books have always been a big part of my life. What did I read when I was younger? I'm not really sure. You know, I did read a little, little house on the prairie. I was pretty into the show when I was a kid. So uh, that transitioned well, you know, and then like I, my teen years, my early twenties, I don't even really remember uh, what I was reading at that time. And then I had like a bit of maybe like an eight or 10 year reading gap where I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't read, I don't know what I was consuming, I guess like TV probably, but I just, I forced myself to read a book that I hated actually two out two two books that I hated out of a series of three, which like, again, why? And it just kind of broke me. I was also transitioning from being in a job where I was doing like physical manual work and getting into a place where I was like in front of a computer all the time. And my brain was just kind of fried. And so I was looking for like an escape of the easiest, uh, most, I guess, spoon fed form of entertainment which um so yeah so I got away from books for maybe not 
a few years anyway. But then I came back and with a vengeance and with new rules. That was where I I like really established that I wasn't going to finish a book that I didn't love, that I wasn't going to read things that I wasn't into. You know, like you said, there are so many books in the world. <laughs> why? Why would I force myself to read something because it is on Oprah's book club or whatever? So how do you pick the books that you read? It seems like you read a lot of Canadian fiction, but is that kind of like a, a rule? You've said you have rules. Is that a rule for yourself or how do you decide <laughs> what goes on your to read pile? Probably my number one rule is no rules, but um, what goes in my to read pile? I, I find something I love and then there's a connection to something else and to something else and to something else. So there's sometimes it's a theme. Sometimes it's a a genre. Sometimes it's a recommendation that came from, you know, and if you love this, try this um, connection, but I just pick up a lot of books and and you just read kind of based on mood from there and what oh 100% yeah. yes yeah yeah i could i could, if you ask me what are five books you're going to read in march chances are any of the books that i identify for you will not be books that i read in march so yeah. um that's any 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 time that i have had to or any time that i have tried to predict a stack of books that I will read in a certain, in a certain time, in a certain month, in a certain year, I'm wildly unsuccessful. I have the best intentions. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the same. I, I mean, I, I, there's books I have to read, but when I'm reading Mm -hmm. like for pleasure, it's not a, it's based on like how I feel in a moment um, instead Mm -hmm. of, like, oh, this book I've had should be next. Like, I kind of admire people who have that kind of structure, but I mm-hmm. I really don't. Like, people who have two read piles, I'm like, I just have piles. I mean, yeah. there exactly. might be a book I'm going to read next in the pile, but I mean, there's just piles. Well, all the piles are to read. Yes, <laughs> but exactly. It, they're, they're at an undetermined time. Exactly. I wanted to ask you, so you have an Instagram account and there is a thing out there in the world called bookstagrammers. And I wondered if you would consider yourself a bookstagrammer. I, I think so. I, I don't really, I, I'm not strictly governed by, by definitions. So I'm not really sure that. I fit the mold, um, but I use the hashtag. So uh, do you need to do more? Well, how would you define being a bookstagrammer? What does that mean to you and what you do on Instagram? Uh, I think I would define for me, bookstagram is just a community of um, people like me, which, you know, people who are avid readers, people who are book lovers, and people who enjoy 
connecting with others based on those tendencies. You know, it's a community based on mutual admiration for books, for writers, for words. And I mean, if there's a definition beyond that, I don't, I don't know about it. <laughs> I don't know that I truly know what the definition is either. I, it, it seems like that's probably what it is. Oh, how did you start your Instagram account and, and what led to you, you know, using that platform to talk about books? So it's funny because nobody's ever asked me that before. So I, I actually have two Instagram accounts. I have my own Instagram account and then I have my bookstagram account. And, you know, it was mid pandemic. I think people went one of two ways. They either stopped reading altogether or they read 10 times as much as they had ever read. And I was in the latter group. I was reading. I like, I went years without really buying a lot of books. And then I was buying like 10 books every two weeks <laughs> during, during lockdown. So I was, I was posting more on my personal account and it just kind of, I wondered if it was that interesting for, not that I cater to my audience, but like, I kind of have when it comes to my personal life, not that books, my book account isn't my personal life, but I kind of have like, you know, I have connections in the lacrosse world and I have connections through work. And so I'm connected with all these people and like books aren't a strong theme in the people that I, in the group of people that I socialize with. Yes, there are people that read a fair bit, and people that are interested in books, but not as much as I am, or that I'm interested in them and that I'm reading and that I'm sharing. Actually, I had a friend who had a book, a book account, a, a book focused account. I was talking to her about it. And I just kind of looked at it one day and I was like, hey, maybe I should do that. I did it. And here we are. And has it, so you mentioned that you have an advanced reading copy of Lisa Moore's book. Has mm -hmm. your Instagram account kind of led to you having those opportunities to read books that are coming out or how has that worked for you? Yeah, in some cases it has. Uh, I, there have been a few uh, books that I've had an opportunity to read early that were really exciting. <laughs> to me, my first ever advanced copy was Consent by Annabelle Lyon. And that'll like always, always, I'll never forget that. So I get an opportunity to read generally digital copies of books in advance. And, and then I just buy them all. <laughs> after I finished reading <laughs> like I'm like halfway through reading a book and I'm pre-ordering it <laughs> so you know I do get a lot of opportunities I still at my heart though am wanting to support the the writers and and 
the book world. And, and there is a part of me that still does want to own some books. I'm not, I don't, I don't keep a ton of books, but I, there's some that have been really special to me. So you read a lot of Canadian books, but what excites you about books written and published in BC and the Yukon? Um, I think it's, it's just really enjoyable to be able to travel in that sense, right? To identify something in a way that you can visualize it and really it kind of amps up the the reading experience to know um the area that you're that you're reading about or to at least be able to envision it and i find books that are set locally really just i don't know i can just feel closer to them than um books where i can't envision what i'm what I'm reading. Do you have an example of that? Is there a book that comes to mind that you're like, oh, that one really was more special because I could imagine that place? Two that jump out to me, I would say, again, uh, Consent by Annabelle Lyon. Like, all through it, you, you, you know, if you're from the Lower Mainland, you know the places that she's talking about. There's even a point in the book where She's describing an apartment that is in the building in which I live right now. And, and like line by line, I'm like, I think she's like, this could be here. Oh, wait, no, this is, wait a minute. This is, this is the building that I live in. Like, So, I mean, you don't often get something like that close to home. And so the other one I would say, and this is a little bit visual but also just like experience of the time was um I found fake it so real uh was like so I could so easily identify with um the early parts of that book that book was because I grew up in Victoria that book was Mm -hmm. very like Pluto's yeah I ate french fries at Pluto's I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I loved that about that book too. So I wanted to talk with you a little bit about book prizes in particular, because I know you have read the Giller books and they're like, people have a lot of mixed opinions about book prizes. And as we should, we should be critical of what everything means. We should think critically about book prizes and, and why we read what we read. But mm-hmm. why do you think that book prizes are important? Um, I think that they, they kind of do the heavy lifting for us in some, in some respects where, again, to say there's so many books in the world that we're never going to tackle them all in our lives, in our entire lives. We can go without reading, like, you know, it's a tragedy. And sometimes I just like, it sets my head spinning to think about how impossible that is. And then you get this list of, of 12 or 15 books that are at the top of the list. And even I'm not a, a, a solely, I, I'm not a reader who's solely devoted to reading Canadian books, but still when 
you know, when I think back to the Giller Prize long list in 2021, I think I had read one of the books that was on the list and I owned a copy of one other. So even having been active in trying to read new Canadian fiction, I, there were still 10 books on that list that I completely missed. This is where I say like they, they do the heavy lifting in, in like, here's a list of what we think is the, is the greatest uh, Canadian fiction that was written last year. That's a gift <laughs> in my, in my book. I don't always, so I scoff a little bit at picking one single winner from a long list of books like that, which when I think back over the last couple of years, that's not necessarily true of the Giller and my experience of the Giller winners. But I don't like, there's a part of me that's like, do we need to pick just one? Like, I kind of feel like the short list could be five. And we all just agree that these are the five greatest books because how it would be impossible for me to choose one book out of 12 to be the best book written by a Canadian in a year. There has to be a winner and that's fine. But I, I love that there are book prizes. Like book prizes, I think, are are such great tools for for a reader. I think what I think often, you know, if if all we had was the Giller, then it would be really hard. But like, I think, you know, I, I see all the I understand the pros and cons of book prizes. And, and like you said, the the hard part is that there can only be one winner and of course it's hard how do we how are those choices made and there's so many tremendous books published mm-hmm. in this country that never appear on any short list and and that's very heartbreaking too and so but i think you know when you put all of the book prizes together whether it's the um the governor general's literary awards and the gillers and all the regional prizes and then throw Canada Reads in there on top of it. Like you kind of get this cross section, a bit more of a cross section, I think, of all of the books mm-hmm. somehow, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it just, I what I always hope is that uh, book prizes just cause us to have conversations about books. And in that process, we start talking about all the other books that we hope, you know, also get the same attention mm-hmm. and with that we wish we're on a short list but for whatever reason weren't so I think the more we can talk about books that's ultimately the goal even looking past the long lists and the short lists and the winners I don't know of a book prize you know and, and I'm speaking to BC and UConn and 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 anywhere everybody is working towards making books a topic of conversation, right? And so, yes, there's this, like, season. And and I keep referring to the Gillers just because, like, I've devoted time to to reading the the long list and the short list. Um, But, like, you know, there's Giller season, which is stretched out. I think it's two months in total. 
but all through the rest of the year, they're also talking about all of the, like, what was it like 120 books are submitted or were submitted last year, I think, or 130. And they don't stop <laughs> the day after the, the award is given because this is, this is a full-time commitment. And like, I appreciate that for all of the work that that is for the, the groups and the organizations that are, are putting that information out there. That was Carly Rigby. Carly is a blogger and bookstagrammer based in the Lower Mainland. If you want to find out more about BC and Yukon Book Prizes, visit our website, bcyukonbookprizes.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where we share news about the winners and finalists, as well as information about upcoming events. Next week on Writing the Coast, you'll hear my conversation with Raina Hadziev, Executive Director of the BC Libraries Association. Thanks for listening to Writing the Coast.